Hello and welcome to The Writing Shed. I'm your host, Esther, and currently I'm also the only occupant of the shed, which is somewhat unusual. Usually the dogs are in here with me or nearby wherever I am, but I put them in the house because there was too much hubbub with those bubs for recording purposes today. So it is just me at my desk in a little metal shed, which is not insulated. So I'll do my best to remove background sounds, but you may hear some crows and dogs and motors and shouts and who knows. <laughs> but hopefully you will at least be able to hear me well enough to make it listenable. So this is being created purely on a whim, which is my favorite reason to create anything. I didn't plan this today. I woke up actually with a migraine, which oddly enough felt a lot better as soon as I had the inspiration to come out here and basically do the equivalent of calling you rather than texting you my newsletter post for the month. I've attempted to write a newsletter post several times this month and had every intention and even things to say, and they just never really made it all the way to the feeling of a completed piece to send out. It just kind of felt disjointed, or I would move on and have different things that I was interested in, which is me all over. <laughs> And so I figured this is a better medium. It can be more immediate. I can just kind of, you know, shoot from the hip. I almost said the cuff. I think it's the hip. Anyway, what I've realized with updates is that if you don't send it out the night or day that you're working on it, new things happen. And then there's just more to say. And that starts to feel outdated really quick. So I think that this will be more fun and easier at least for the moment. No promises going forward, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So I'm going to give you a quick recap of how writing has been going and then share a piece that I started for one of the newsletter drafts that I would like to talk about. And then I am probably going to wrap up because it is a little chilly in the shed and mama wants a burger. So... My writing schedule for, I think, about the last month or so, I have a very loose uh, relationship with time, and it's only getting <laughs> it's only getting more loose. But I believe I've been doing this routine for at least a month, and it goes a little something like waking up in between 7, 7.30 if I went to bed at a decent-ish hour and have the right energy. I'm usually the first one up and I feed the dogs and then I feed the cat and then I make myself coffee and sit down at my desk which was in the study and now has been moved to back to the shed. And there are variations to this routine. I sometimes meditate before I get out of bed. Sometimes I wait until after I've written. It pretty much depends on whether I wake up feeling like I'm aligned and open to the channel or not. And if I'm not, I do my tuning work to get there. Otherwise, writing 
everything, <laughs> everything, nothing goes well if I'm not tuned. And also this last week, I've started reading one chapter in a novel each morning before I start writing my own, which is a writing tip I picked up from Megan Fally, who's a poet. And it seems like it's worked pretty well this week. I am reading The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula K. Le Guin. And I, use, I had the idea for a little bit that reading other, other works in my genre might muddy my own waters or, you know, you'd see ideas and wish you thought of them or think, I don't know. I don't know what I was afraid of, <laughs> but I was avoiding it. And it turns out that reading work sort of in my genre, like she's writing science fiction, I'm writing literary fantasy, so slightly different, but still, it turns out that it does work well to prime the pump and get me in the headspace of world building, give me some ideas about how someone else did it so I can see what I like and don't like about that technique. So that's been a pretty helpful warm-up that I'll probably keep as a practice until it doesn't feel helpful, which is what I do with all my practices. And I'm very happy to get more in the weeds on the minutia of my writing practice or routine and may in future episodes, if this is going to continue to be a thing. I personally am fascinated with writers, creatives, how they work, where they work. Uh, my favorite podcast is Writer's Routine, and it doesn't get more nerdy than hearing writers talk about which font they use for writing their manuscripts, and I eat it up. So I could get that detailed, talk about the program I use, which I love, Scrivener, not sponsored, would love to be sponsored, um, but we'll save that for, you know, future thrilling updates. <laughs> and for now, I think I'll go ahead and just share the piece I had started working on, who knows, a couple weeks ago? I'd have to check my logs. Even though I don't have a great hold on time or what day it is, I do keep pretty detailed notes on what's happening in the days. So I could check the log and figure it out. But let's just say it was a couple weeks ago. And this was a, what was on my mind then. And I will read it and then share more about what's happened since I wrote this. Recently, I had a fear that felt like an insight. I thought the reason I have yet to produce my fantasy novel after a decade of world building is because the fixed form of it would be, in contrast to its quantum form, inherently disappointing. The books my book might be all exist in my imagination now. Writing any version of it will kill off its other possibilities and potentials and probably have flaws. Maybe by this point, it's too big to be born. I should have written it when it felt smaller although even back then it felt bigger than me. I may not be able to condense it in any way that feels satisfying, maybe it's cooked too long, etc., etc. It's probably a pretty common reason for so-called writer's block, the fear that the work won't be as good as the vision. And if that's the case, wouldn't I just like to keep it in my own head and not bother making it finite? No, it turns out. Because fear is never a whole truth teller, it's a front one limiting view teller. And the broader truth is that compelling ideas inevitably reach a climax where they emerge into form. 
So that was the piece that I scrapped in newsletter preparation time that I actually initially started writing when I was still in that contraction fear about the work being too big for me to birth it, essentially. And I had a conversation about that with my partner over coffee that morning, and I was pretty sure that this was an insight about why I maybe didn't even want to write the thing. (laughs) And oh, how wrong I was. And it does seem now that my new mantra is that if I'm having a contraction about something, it means that something big is trying to come through about that. And that pretty much has held true on all fronts and topics. So it turned out that the next day, I think, after I'd had what felt like, well, this is just not going to happen, uh, it really started happening, (laughs) which was a really fun turn of events. And uh, that's when I wrote the kind of second part of the piece I read, where I contradicted my previous realization and realized instead that, oh, actually... This does want to come through, and it's ready, and you're ready for it, and here we go. So that was a really fun thing to be wrong about. I really, I really enjoy being wrong about things that feel bad, and then finding out that things that feel better are true. One of the parts that I was very wrong about is the idea that the quantum form or the imaginative form, the form that's just in my head basically, that that form is more satisfying and more fun than fixing it into a finite form which would inherently be flawed etc etc all the things I said and the thing that I just forgot somehow about making things that you've only imagined is that that is really fun like It's different. It's a different experience, but it has its own dimension. Like you literally are forming it into this dimension. So I can have an idea about, uh, which I did, I had an idea about this particular variety of mushroom that grows and is an important feature now in the world of my book. I had the idea in the afternoon had the vision of what it looks like, and by nightfall, I had both named it and formed a salt dough sculpture (laughs) of it. And that whole process was gratuitous, not needed for the book. Uh, Well, the idea of it, but even the book itself, all of it's gratuitous. I'm just doing it because it's fun, and it is extremely fun to me. And I somehow had taken it up as this sort of chore or job or I needed to get it perfect and just had this performance anxiety around it essentially and it turns out it's really simple to write it when I'm just tuned to the channel of it and I know what belongs what doesn't and I know that by what I like and what I don't like and I usually know those things pretty clearly so if that sentence isn't working I don't necessarily have to have a better sentence yet but that sentence is not going to stay And if that idea or that character isn't feeling like it has life in it anymore, we are cutting the dead limbs and there's no, there's no grief or shame about it. That is just the process. And yes, I basically just feel like 
all of the side personal work that I've been doing uh, in life about a lot of different things, of course that it's applying to this. And of course the work that I do around my creativity applies to my life. And I don't know why I thought that they were separate or that they weren't growing together, but of course they were. It's all connected. It's all the web. It's all of the phrases you want to use for the idea that nothing is really, truly separate. It's all interconnected. It all contributes. And that was one of the, within the waterfall of epiphanies about the book that I was having one day, I was overwhelmed with gratitude because I I knew it on an intellectual level before, but I suddenly felt and knew in my cells how everything that I've lived, every person I've encountered, every choice I've made, every yes, every no, every hurt, every, everything has contributed to this current moment and to this creation. And that makes the whole tapestry just come alive or now we have a, a sentient tapestry on our hands hold on it it enlivens it it makes it it makes it vibrant and beautiful even in the places where i was seeing it as tattered or as ugly or unwanted it just yeah <laughs> i don't really know a better way to say it at the moment but i think you can probably pick up the impression of what I'm trying to say, or at least feel the feeling of it, which is also a really helpful thing that I hadn't thought of before is, you know how it's like places you love have a smell or a feeling about them. And so does my book. (laughs) And I feel like I know it's scent now, which is, I, I don't, the adjectives are really falling short, thrilling, wonderful, exciting, reassuring. I don't know. It's all of those things. If I wanted to give you the polished version, I would have written it. <laughs> this is this is uh, the off-the-cuff, right? Is that the one that you were using? Anyways, off-the-cuff, off-the-hip, nothing but net. And at this point, the dogs are barking, and my fingers are not frozen, but on their way and I'm ready for my burger. So this has been wonderful. I enjoyed hanging out in the shed with all of you virtually and whenever you listen to this and I'll probably be speaking to you again soon. Be well and take care of the exotic creature that you are and that you best know how to take care of.